everyone, I'm Justine Milligan, one of the third-year emergency medicine residents at the University of Cincinnati. In our journal club, we review and critique some of the latest emergency medicine articles. The study we're talking about today has to do with diagnosing subarachnoid hemorrhage in the emergency department. We know that for patients presenting with a headache, this is a can't-miss diagnosis. Most of us have learned that if you're seeing a patient within six hours of a headache, a non-contrast CT is enough to rule out subarachnoid hemorrhage. But if it's been more than six hours, the classic teaching is that we need additional testing, such as a lumbar puncture, because CT is less reliable at this point as blood gets harder to see on CT over time as it starts breaking down and blending in with brain tissue. I think a lot of us don't know that the original study that gave us the six-hour rule, done by Perry et al. in 2011, was really only evaluating two distinct time points from the start of symptoms, less than six hours or more than six hours. And there was a huge range in the more than six-hour group. We're talking six hours to eight days, which of course probably makes a big difference in the ability to detect subarachnoid blood. But the study only reports the overall sensitivity of 87% for the greater than six hours group, which of course sounds very scary when we're talking about a serious diagnosis like subarachnoid hemorrhage. This brings us to the study we're talking about today, published in 2022 in the Emergency Medicine Journal by Vincent et al. This study reevaluated the sensitivity of a non-contrast CT for detecting subarachnoid hemorrhage at various time points from headache onset. The authors proposed that CT technology has improved a lot since the data from that Perry study was collected in the early 2000s, and we may be able to sufficiently rule out subarachnoid hemorrhage at longer intervals than we previously thought. This was a retrospective chart review over a 10-year period of all patients presenting to Christchurch Emergency Department in New Zealand from 2008 to 2017. This is a tertiary care facility with about 100,000 emergency department visits a year and reportedly the only acute referral center in New Zealand. The authors identified all patients diagnosed with subarachnoid hemorrhage over the study period by ICD-10 codes and confirmed these diagnoses with radiology reports and medical records. Patients were excluded if they had a traumatic subarachnoid hemorrhage, were miscoded and actually had another type of head bleed, they were transferred from another hospital, or the exact day of onset was unknown. So while the day of onset was always known, the exact time was not always recorded or missing in the data. To systematically account for this, they ran two separate analyses where they either assumed the time of onset was 30 minutes prior to CT versus just after midnight on the day of onset to theoretically capture a range of potential sensitivities at each time interval. CTs were read by general radiologists and neuroradiologists as a part of routine clinical care. If the CT was negative, providers considered a lumbar puncture. If the lumbar puncture was positive or the CT was positive, patients often went underwent CT angiography or occasionally MRI. The primary outcome was the proportion of patients diagnosed with aneurysmal subarachnoid hemorrhage who had a positive non-contrast CT. The secondary outcome was all patients with any type of subarachnoid hemorrhage in a positive CT. 347 patients with subarachnoid hemorrhage met their inclusion criteria and about 75% of those ended up being aneurysmal. The authors found that the sensitivity for detecting subarachnoid hemorrhage on non-contrast CT decreased over time, but was still pretty good at 24 hours. They found 100% sensitivity at 6 hours and 99.3% at 24 and 48 hours, regardless of the standard time of onset they used to account for the unknowns. 
When looking at just aneurysmal subarachnoid hemorrhages, the sensitivity was even better, 100% up to 24 hours. Over 10 years, only two patients who presented within 24 hours had a negative CT, and those were both non-aneurysmal bleeds with no intervention required. These non-aneurysmal subarachnoid hemorrhages are often thought to be less emergent pathologies like low-pressure venous bleeds or AV malformations. So, with all this data, does that mean we can start skipping any additional diagnostic testing for subarachnoid hemorrhage if our patients present more than six hours from the start of their headache? Probably not so fast. This study started with patients already diagnosed with subarachnoid hemorrhage to about calculate characteristics of the test rather than directly evaluating the performance of CT in an undifferentiated population like we usually see. While we can calculate sensitivities in this study, we would need the whole population of patients originally evaluated for a headache to calculate full test characteristics like a negative predictive value. How well does actually having that negative CT in hand rule out subarachnoid hemorrhage, which I think is the ultimate question we're trying to answer here for our patients. As a retrospective single-center study, we also don't know if we're missing any systematic biases that could be affecting our results, such as maybe there's a different clinical practice pattern in New Zealand that led them to get more LPs or further testing on some patients but not others, potentially resulting in a higher miss rate than we even know about. We also don't know the overall effect from their imputed data from their unknown times of onset for a lot of the patients. I think before adopting this clinically, we would really need to see a prospective study from multiple sites where we know the two true time of onset of symptoms for the patients and can directly see how well CT performs at various time intervals with different CT machines and within different clinical practice systems. For instance, do your test characteristics change when a community radiologist is reading your CT versus a neuroradiologist at an academic center? In our journal club discussion about this article, we decided that while this may not be immediately changing our practice entirely, we could see it potentially helping inform some shared decision-making discussions with patients as more data to present when we're trying to decide on our next steps after a negative head CT.